Today is the second of two episodes titled Five Firearms for SHTF Scenarios. Now, in the last episode, we covered the modern sporting rifle, and today we'll cover the other four firearms for SHTF situations. So stay with us. Now, as we do when we have any handgun or firearm-related podcast episode, we cover very briefly the four gun rules. The first is treat all firearms as if they are loaded. Number two, never let the muzzle point at anything that you're not willing to destroy. Number three, keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you've made the decision to shoot. Number four, be sure of your target and what is behind it. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is October the 11th, 2023, and this is episode number 422. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared, and we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Mark, and today our topic is Five Firearms for SHTF Scenarios, Part 2. Now, if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 422. All right, we're going to do this again. I've already recorded this episode once, and when I got through and started to load it over, it was only four minutes long. I don't know what happened, but I will take the blame for that. But today we're going to cover five firearms for SHTF situations. Now, when it comes to firearms for SHTF scenarios, consider one is individual preferences. Do you prefer a semi-automatic or a revolver? What's your skill level? That's the second thing to consider. If you're a new shooter or not yet a shooter, you may find that the revolver has the shortest learning curve in the beginning. One of the reasons is with a semi-automatic, you have to do something to make it shoot. In other words, you have to take the safety off. And then after you shoot, you have to put that safety back on in order to make it safe. And if you have a misfire on a revolver, you just pull the trigger again. On an automatic, you have to go through a drill, and it's called tap, rack, shoot. You hit the bottom of the magazine, and then you pull the slide back, ejecting that round, putting another round in, and then you can fire again. Another thing to consider is your local laws and regulations. Now, we hear a lot, when the grid goes down, it doesn't matter. Or after SHTF, there won't be any gun laws. Well, there's truth to that, But the rule of law is in effect right now, and we have to live within the laws so that we don't wind up in legal trouble and have no firearms. For that reason, we have to be careful to abide by the laws of today. Now, as we address the five firearms, when it comes to personal defense, I want two guns. I want a handgun, and I want a rifle or a shotgun. Now, the first is a reliable handgun. This is your own me at all times personal defense weapon. And if you can only have one gun, this is it, the reliable handgun. Now, the type you choose is personal preference to some degree. 
We talked about the semi-automatic. Now there's double action only, and there's single action. Now when we say single action in a semi-automatic, I'm talking about something like the 1911, the old military handgun, and you have to have it cocked before you fire, and you take the safety off, fire it, and as that thing fires, once it fires, it will push that slide back. And in that slide coming forward, we'll reload another round. And then there's the revolver, and that's the one that has six or eight or whatever rounds in a cylinder. And each time you pull the trigger, it cocks the gun and releases the hammer to go forward. That's double action. On single action, like the old-timey Colt cowboy gun, you cock it each time you fire it. Another thing about the handgun is it's good for close quarters self-defense and personal protection, especially without specific training and practice. And we do recommend training on any weapon that you get. But if you're limited in your training, you're limited in your practice, the handgun's good for that close quarters defense if you're having to check the bumps in the night kind of thing. You can keep it low and ready. And it's easy to keep control of the weapon, or at least easier than a long gun. If you are having to search the house or you're checking something, you don't want the barrel of that rifle or shotgun going around the corner before you do. So we want a reliable, own-me-at-all-times handgun. Now let's talk about caliber. Caliber is really a personal preference, but now you need to consider the recoil that you can handle. And that's a good reason to try before you buy and shoot several calibers. Go to a firing range that rents firearms, and you can try out several of those. You want to start a little bit smaller and work up. Don't start on a 44 Magnum if you've never fired a handgun before. Start on something reasonable and go up from there. And then find the caliber for which you can control the recoil. Now, most folks think 38 or 380 or larger if you can control it. It's a little snappy round when it comes to the 380. But the 38 is a very pleasant round to fire, and you can get a variety of ammo for it to cover a lot of different circumstances. The 9mm. Now, this is the most common, most available ammunition right now. And there's plenty of adequate ammo for self-defense. And after a serious, full-blown, grid-down SHTF event, it may be the easiest to scrounge around. Now, some other popular self-defense rounds are the 40 caliber. It's a great round. I've carried it, but it is a bit snappy, so it's a bit more recoil. I can control it. I kind of like it, but Krista doesn't like 40 caliber at all. She shot them, and she handed it back to me, and she said, nope. She didn't want to be carrying a 40 cal all the time. Now, 45 ACP, this is one of my favorite rounds, and I've owned a 45 ACP capable firearm since I was about 19 years old, and I still carry one today from time to time. I carried one as a police officer for many, many years, and I really do enjoy the round, and it's the old military World War II pistol ammo. It's a great round. 
Then there's the 10 millimeter. Now this is getting above what I enjoy shooting, but it's a good round. And the FBI went to it for a number of years, and then they went back to the 9mm because of the controllability. And there are new calibers that are out that are very, very good, but they're hard to find. I've really been looking at the 327 Magnum, and I like it. And the performance is similar to the 357, but with much lower recoil. Now, the 357 Magnum, for those that don't know, it will also fire the 38 caliber special. That makes it much more versatile. Now, the 38 caliber was the standard for many, many years. It was used by police in much of the world, and it's the caliber that was owned by most old men in years gone by. This is what they had in their pocket, the back pocket in the truck. And there's a lot of 38 ammo sitting in a lot of old gun cabinets if we ever come to a scrounging situation. So 357 is good to have. Gives you two rounds that you can fire. So it's very, very versatile. Now, the 357 is a hot, fast, hard-hitting round. But the 38 is the same diameter and weight of the projectile. But it's a lower power, so it has that lower recoil meaning that it's more controllable, and it's also faster recovery time to get back on target. Now let's talk about the ammunition for a minute. There's a variety of types of ammo, and you'll see them this way. We're not going to go into great detail on this, but you'll see it abbreviated FMJ, Full Metal Jacket. This is the military round. It has a lot of penetration, but it has little to no expansion. Then you find the HP, the hollow point, the expanding hollow point round. It's a jacketed soft core, has that hole in the end, and it's designed to expand upon impact. And a lot of times a 38 properly expanding or a 357 will be almost the size of a 45 ACP when it's over with. Now, the HP, the hollow point, is the preferred self-defense round. That's what you want to be carrying. Then you got soft lead points. These are target rounds. You can get them in rounded nose. You can get them in flat wad cutter that punches clean holes in paper. A lot of competition used to be shot with wad cutters. That's a soft lead bullet. Then you've got frangible ammo. Now, this was designed to shatter upon impact with a hard surface. The Glazer Safety Slug was the first one that came out, and it was touted as not penetrating walls. And so a lot of folks looked at it as a good home defense round so that if they had to fire in the house and they missed their target, that it would not penetrate walls. However, a lot of testing showed that it will penetrate a 2 by 4 piece of wood but it's stopped by a concrete block. One thing that's very, very good about frangible ammo is it's great for practicing on steel targets. That way it won't splatter back at you. Now let's talk about personal defense ammo. When it comes to selecting the round that you're going to carry day in and day out, always with me, self-protection round, do not use reloads or any crazy names like zombie killer. And it's all for legal reasons. 
you might even be making a reload with a lower powered round than what you can buy in the store, but it could complicate the issue if you are in a shooting and you go to court and the DA, the prosecutor, says that obviously you wanted to kill because you had to reload your own special rounds. Nothing ever comes in that it was loaded down to a lower power, but it complicates that issue. And the same thing happens if you have some weird name to it, like zombie killer. Beware of that for legal reasons. Now, you do want a quality hollow point ammo. Now, the Remington Ultimate Defense is a fantastic round. Highly recommend that one as do I the Hornady Critical Defense or the Critical Duty. Now, our department issued the Critical Duty is slightly different than the Critical Defense, and it's designed to penetrate a windshield at a little more angle. And you can understand that, that that could be necessary for law enforcement at some time. But the critical duty or the critical defense, it's a hollow point round, but it has a piece, I don't want to call it plastic, but it's some type of material in the hole. And the idea, and that's rounded as well, and the idea is that it will penetrate clothing like thick jackets, uh, heavy winter coats before it begins to expand. So it's a great round for self-defense. Now, if you're carrying a 38 revolver, especially a compact, a little five-shot 38, the Buffalo Bore Plus P 125 grain is a very, very good self-defense round. Now, don't feed your pistol a steady diet of the Buffalo Bore. Shoot a few to know how it's going to react, but they are a Plus P round, which I think stands for Plus Power. It's a little stronger round than a 38 Special in the same case. Now, here's a suggestion. Ask what your local police use. And if you have to go to court, it was what the local police used, so I figured it was a good round. Or it was recommended by the gun store. Something like that. But that will make a better defense in court for an ammo choice than something like a zombie killer. Now, number two, the modern sporting rifle, and we covered that on the last episode. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that to cover the modern sporting rifle. And we're talking about primarily the AR-15, but could also include the AK-47. All right, let's take a short break for our sponsors, and we'll come back and talk about shotgun and another rifle. Is your website old and tired? Does it look like an ad in the 80s yellow pages? Does it have just an address and phone number? Or have you also included email, online shopping, contact buttons, maps, a list of hours? You know, the things you see on modern websites? You need to contact ProLine Digital Group. Eric and his team will bring your website out of the Stone Age and they'll build you a sleek, new, modern website. They can build an app, they can give your business card a facelift or provide digital leads. ProLineDigitalGroup.com or you can use the link on our website. I saw after Hurricane Idalia that hundreds of thousands of people were dealing with contaminated water supplies and bottled water was at a premium. 
Our listeners know that this can happen, even in non-hurricane situation, but it does not have to happen to you. We've been telling you about Pro One Gravity Water Filters. The one we have, the Big Plus, would have guaranteed that your family had plenty of fresh, clean, crystal clear drinking water. You could catch rainwater, use the contaminated tap water, or even use the flood waters from your backyard. Regardless of where you source your water, run it through a Pro One Gravity water filter and you'll have clean drinking water. The Scout 2 and the water pitcher filter hold four-tenths of a gallon and prices start under $70. The Big 2 holds two and a half gallons and starts under $140. Plus, you can buy the Big 2 with four interest-free payments of under $35. Now don't tell me that $140 is too much to pay to guarantee that you and your family have clean water regardless of the situation. The link is on our website at practicalprepping.info. Go take a look, then order yours today. Someday you'll be glad you did. We were researching the other day for an episode on prepping for winter, and we ran across some information that indicates we may have a colder and wetter than usual winter season. For most of us, that means the possibility of more snow. Do you remember those historic snowfalls from last year? Some states saw 10 feet. Hey, and remember those freezes that took place in Texas? That was unprecedented, and many people were running out of food. For Patriots is running some specials of 25-year storage survival foods. We have some of these, and they are pretty good. Right now, in September of 2023, they are running the 72-hour survival food kit for just $29 and the one-week food survival kit for just $77. This is the survival food you can keep on hand for years if you don't need it, but you know it's there when you do. For Patriots. The link is on the front of our website, practicalprepping.info. And to save 10% off your first order, use our discount code PREPPER. Welcome back. Glad you stuck with us. Let's talk about the shotgun. Now, one thing that you want is a repeating action shotgun if you're using this for home defense. But again, it's personal preference and you use what you have. But you prefer a repeating action shotgun, and that would either be a pump action, a semi-automatic, or even a lever action shotgun. You want to have more than that one round. Now, I like a double barrel, but it's not my first choice for home defense. But the shotgun is effective for both self-defense and hunting various types of game with the appropriate ammo, and we'll cover that in a minute. But we want to cover the three most common shotgun gauges. Now, there are more than this, but these are the three most common and most applicable to home defense. They're all available in semi-automatic, pump, lever, double barrel, single shot. All of these gauges are available in any type. The gauge is the measure of the size of the shotgun shell. Now, the 12 gauge is the largest of the three, and it's the most common shotgun size due to its versatility. You can use it for hunting a wide range of game, everything from birds, squirrels, rabbits, turkey, 
all the way up to large game in North America anyway, the deer. And it's great for home defense with the proper ammo. Next in line is the 20 gauge. Now this is the second most common size after the 12 gauge. It's lighter weight and it has a lighter recoil. It's a popular choice for younger or smaller statued shooters, and I started as a 12-year-old with a 20-gauge shotgun. We hunted squirrels with it, we hunted rabbits with it, and we hunted doves with it. Dad bought me a single-shot 20-gauge. And one thing about the single-shot when you're learning is you've got one shot, so you have to learn to make that shot count. It, too, is suitable for hunting a wide range of game, including the deer. And it is also a very good home defense round with buckshot. Number three in our list is the 410 bore, .410 bore. It's actually the smallest common shotgun size. It's actually a caliber, not a gauge, but we refer to it as a 410 gauge. But just be aware, it's actually a caliber. And it's popular for young shooters due to its low recoil. And you can hunt small game with it. You can hunt squirrel, rabbit, birds. I guess you could hunt turkey with it as well, but that's pretty much stretching it. And it has and can be used for deer hunting, especially if you use a slug. Now, let me point something out here. If you're starting out with hunting and you're going to hunt deer, and you're going to use slugs, there are two types of slugs, the Bernicke and the Foster, and you want to choose the Bernicke. There's a lot of reasons for that, but basically it carries more energy to the target. And you can get the 410 with four pellet buckshot. Now the downside of the 410, and I love the, the round, it's a great little round, you can get it in any actions, semi-automatic on down. And the ammo is expensive. That's the real downside. I looked up the ammo yesterday online, and it ranged between $1.50 per round to $9 per round. So that's something to be aware of. Great little gun to have, but it can be expensive to feed. Let's talk about some variety of ammo types within the shotgun, each with its own specific uses. Most common is birdshot. Now, this is an ammo that's filled with very small pellets, and they range from 1.27 millimeter, which is number nine birdshot, up to 4.57 millimeter, which is number one birdshot. And you make your selection based upon what you're going to be hunting. Primarily, if you are hunting turkey, you're going to want a number four or number five shot. If you're hunting squirrel or rabbit, you're probably going to want a number five to a number seven shot. Let's talk about buckshot. It's the same principle, but it's filled with larger pellets and it's used for larger games such as deer. And that's where the name buckshot comes from. And it carries anything from number four buck, which is 6.1 millimeter. I'm just showing you the size here compared. So in number one birdshot, we've got four and a half millimeter. And then in number one buck, we've got six millimeter. So it's a good bit of difference there. But then you go all the way up to triple alt buck, which is nine millimeter, 9.1 to be specific. 
So that's a lot of lead coming out of the end of that, and it can be used for deer as well. And it's commonly used for self-defense due to its stopping power at close range. It's not a bad gun to have for home defense inside the home. All right, I mentioned slugs a minute ago. Let's talk about that. A slug is a solid projectile fired from a shotgun. They're used for hunting larger game at medium distances. And in some jurisdictions or hunting clubs where rifles are prohibited for the purpose of hunting. They also have application in law enforcement and military use. But just keep in mind that's a solid projectile coming out and it will travel further distance and carry more power with it when it reaches the target. Then in shotgun shells, there's some specialty rounds, some less lethal rounds, and those are things like rubber bullets, bean bags, and you can even get tear gas in shotgun shells as well. The, fourth, the, the next one just to mention is steel or waterfowl shot, and that is various types of bird shot, but they're made of steel rather than lead or some other type of non-toxic material, And they're used for hunting waterfowl to prevent lead contamination in those wetland environments. All right, we come to firearm number four. And that is the 22 long rifle caliber of rifle. The 22 LR is how it's abbreviated. It stands for 22 long rifle. You want a very lightweight and accurate 22 rifle. It's great for small game hunting and practice shooting. For those of you that want to do a lot of practice and you can afford it, a 22 handgun is great because of the availability and the affordability of the 22 ammunition. The last time I saw a box of 50 was around $10. And the last time I saw a box of buckshot was around 40 bucks. So there's a lot of difference here. Or if you're shooting 9mm, you can buy 50 rounds for about 12 bucks right now. And you can practice with that 22 ammunition. It's great for aiming. It's great for trigger control and things like that. Number five, let's talk about the long-range rifle. Now, this is the bolt-action rifle or a precision rifle, which is usually a single shot, but not always. There's some companies putting out bolt-action There's uh, one company, I think, putting out a semi-automatic precision rifle. But these are larger caliber for long-range shooting and potential hunting of larger game. Now, for most of us, long-range is under 300 yards. Now, I realize that some folks are very well capable of shooting 1,000 yards. I'd like to try it. I've never done it. But when you're deer hunting... Uh, You can't always be 50, 60 yards from your your deer. You can take them out to 300 yards very, very easily with this rifle caliber. So that's something to consider if you're looking at having a full five-gun range of SHTF weapons. Long-range rifle would be good. This is the sniper rifle, if you would. You might be in a situation where you needed it for that purpose, But I've always kind of pretended that hunting was me as a sniper trying to hit my prey out there at some distance. So that's my opinion of five firearms for SHTF. We could probably get an argument going on this subject. 
Some of you probably disagree with me right now. Drop me an email. Tell me what you think. What would you add to the list of firearms? Now, if you aren't receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, go to practicalprepping.info and click on free PDF, and you'll receive the free Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll also be added to the newsletter. Now, today's cup of coffee comes from Brandon. Brandon, we really do appreciate it. It helps us out. And if you receive any value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little, by buying us a cup of coffee? You'll find the link on the front page of the website. And as Krista would say if she were here today, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.